Hello and welcome to Homespun Wisdom Talks with My Neighbour with Daniel Confino and me, the voice of the intro, Sarah Sharman. I love the way you just do little variations on a theme, you know, to get us going. Just throws me slightly off balance. (laughs) Something I taught you to do and you seem to have excelled yourself in doing that. Daniel, you didn't teach me to throw people off balance. No? No, I've had this skill since I guess I could walk and just, you know, run into people, topple them over. Yeah, well, I have a Bulgarian father. Uh, He actually came to Britain when he was 18. Um, But I discovered he'd been a very naughty boy in his youth. Mm. In fact, every time at his school you did something bad, you had to go and plant a tree out somewhere at, you know at the end of the playing fields and today there's a massive forest <laughs> that is pretty much down to my father's bad behavior but there was a thing called bulgarian wrestling yeah i mean you know about arm wrestling that's yep, one yep, way yep. but bulgarian wrestling is a we were meant to have an arm wrestle yeah yeah because we couldn't decide something you know through rational normal argument mm. so we just thought we'd have an arm wrestle yeah we might have one in during the show. Yeah, why would, not? What do you think? You think you're going to beat me? Yeah. The youth? Yeah, all yeah, that, yeah. All, all that training versus just, you know, the solid mass of muscle that I've got. <laughs> <laughs> Try not to laugh. Anyway, so he taught me Bulgarian wrestling. Okay. And if I can help our listeners understand this, you stand um, with your right foot slightly forward. Okay. And the other person's right foot alongside yours, so they're together. Mm. You then grab right hand to right hand. Yeah. And the idea is to get the other person to shift off their feet position. So oh, okay. They've got to change their their stance. And you're right. allowed to tug, push, feign, do what, you know, but only with the one connected hand. You can't use the left hand, which has to remain you know, behind your back. On your hip or somewhere okay. out of use. And you pull and wrench and feign, and you pretend to pull them, and then they re- they, they react to that by putting their weight the other way, and then you push them that way. You see, it's 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 a really complicated game, and so from the earliest days, I was taught to put people off balance physically. I see. And the rest of my life's been about how to put them off balance through conversation. Okay. And techniques of that sort. So you weren't taught to, you know, seduce or. Like, uh, what other words am I looking for? I mean, when you say seduce, um, where, are we talking about what I think we're talking about? No, Daniel, of course not. What I mean, I, 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 I didn't about. find Bulgarian wrestling terribly helpful in you know the art of seduction. Um, I don't know. Maybe you've you've had a different experience <laughs> of what it takes to seduce somebody, but you know, generally gripping them by the hand and trying to get them off balance. You know, I know there's that moment when you're supposed to make the first big move you know like yeah. you're sitting side by side mm-hmm. on the sofa and you're supposed to pounce on them aren't you, you know, the other you know, one of the things you can do is, is pounce i'm not actually talking about the art of seduction <laughs> which you tried to uh well, you, you said the word seduce the, and then you went the all quiet on because me. i was looking for other words so weren't you taught to just connect with people on a more personal level uh, what just like have a normal relationship you mean yeah 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 of and course you do like, that with some people and then maybe just you know seem open and honest and then instead of throwing people off balance yeah. maybe you need to be warming towards them okay I, I like testing people 
Yes, I know, but you can't always test people. No. Because then you just become un- a pain in the bum. <laughs> well, I don't have to do anything special <laughs> for that. Look, um, Sarah. Yes? How did we get off on this? Uh, well, you started with a story Two, yet an, again. <laughs> a, min- a minute before you press the big red button or whatever you do. That's we're almost five minutes and, into the and, show here, yeah, Daniel. And that rings the bell in the attic, so I know it's time yes. to get going. So anyhow, ladies and gentlemen, males and females, however you identify, this show is actually meant to be about sensitive new age guys. There's a song that is actually, yeah. Is there? Yeah, so sensitive new age guys. Right. Just being a support for women. Yeah. Well, I didn't tell you this before you chose the subject, but I happen to be really up on songs about sensitive new age guys. Okay. Have you heard of a song called Billy by Nick Kershaw? Sing it to me. I don't know if I can sing it. Don't worry, Daniel. We don't want to (laughs) deafen our audience with your singing voice. Here is a snippet of the song. So that was a snippet of Billy Kersh no Nick Kershaw's Billy. Yeah. What I love about that song, Sarah, is that the tension in the song before he suddenly gives in to his true feelings. So all the way through in that early part of the song, he's trying to do the right thing, trying to behave in the way that's expected like a new man. Mm. And then can I read the bit where it all goes horribly wrong? Yes. Because Billy wants a good girl and a bad girl and a blonde girl and a brunette or a bond girl and a housemaid and a teasemaid and a French maid. Yeah, a sex aid and a goddess and a confidant, a wet nurse and an agony aunt, a lover, mother, babysitter and a young girl with a pretty face and smart, but not too smart to love an asshole. Yes, an asshole. Billy wants to be an asshole, etc., etc. So he's just now, we've heard it all, you see. Right. He's trying to be the modern new man, but that's really what he wants. It's all a sexual fantasy. And he's just trying to keep a lid on his true self. That's sad, isn't it? That is sad. What? Why did you choose this subject for me? Because you knew it wouldn't be my thing. You knew this would be the antithesis of everything that I am. I'm not the new man. I'm not young. I'm old school. I say lots of inappropriate things. I exactly. apparently up- offend and upset people that I didn't even realise I'd done it. Oh, no. And now... So, Daniel, even though it... Like, we started the show on your idea. The topics are generally your ideas. So this time it's mine. And I thought, let's just throw you off balance. Yep. And just see how connected you are to the opposite sex. How in tune you are, a man of your age, in comparison to... A woman's view of a much younger age. I mean, I'm not much younger, but I, I am a bit. Hmm. <laughs> yep. This could, and be, then there's this could always, be revealing, couldn't it? Yes. And then there's been many discussions over the past few years, the Me Too movement, equal pay, 
all of that feminist yep. act, uh, protest activation. Act, oh. the, the agenda, yeah. Well, I have yeah. a daughter, of course, so <clears throat> although I'm in some ways disqualified from this conversation, I have seen our daughter, who is now 30, mm. going through quite a lot of the stuff that I, I think you're referencing. Yeah. And helping her on her on her way in life, of mm. course. Yes. But then it would also be interesting to hear how you nurtured her at a young age because you've mostly got brothers haven't you you've got yeah. one sister yeah i've got one sister older than me older than you yeah yeah so. you're right i mean and, and we have a family of four kids three of whom are boys mm. so it's the, the the reek of testosterone has been pretty strong yes so then i was thinking i've been thinking a lot lately uh do men who grow up in a predominantly male household they don't really have any uh female influence around them how does that determine how they grow up to be do they have this thought of their well i'm a man like i know better i i deserve this i like i'm entitled to it all of that or if they've come from a nice nurturing heavily female environment loving mother kind sister close aunties all of that how like what's like in the world so today is what's today's date march the 15th yeah <clears throat> we have seen in the news lately how in one week from monday on women's day to sunday mother's day very mixed views about supporting women and like for good or bad mostly there's a lot of negative comments i've seen online and then one minute women are empowering each other and then next minute they're like oh well if she did this that wouldn't have happened yeah so yeah i think you've opened up a, a massive subject mm. let me start with a something that i've always believed and you hear it a lot, that women are the civilising influence on men. Right. And I believe that. Okay. I think, you know, men left to their own devices would be a nightmare. Mm. Um, and, um, and we adjust our behaviour in the company of women and under the influence of women for the better. And I think you're right, you know, when you, when you created that dichotomy between the, the brutally male environment and the, and the caring female environment, I got that. I got that. But I think um, that sometimes <clears throat> it's maybe not so much a natural difference between us as, as the way we are organised in society. So, for instance, at the moment, the head of the Metropolitan Police is Dame Cressida Dick. Mm. I know that's not a very female name. <laughs> but, uh, but she is a, a woman. Uh, I think we can say that. Yeah. And, and yet the policing, and I don't know if this is what you're referencing... Yes. The policing of the um, was it Clapham Common demonstration yes, last night was an outrage for me. Mm. I mean, how it was better to have police dragging young girls and ladies and women or whatever away and handcuffing them. Yeah. And you might have thought that with a woman, a female head of the Met, mm. that, that there would have been a slightly more sympathetic um, role or ear in all of that. But apparently, you know, the evidence is that when women get into power, they aren't necessarily that thing you're referencing, mm. you know, that kind and caring. Oh yeah, no, and I've more, encountered and, that. And, um, and, and maybe it's to do with power, you know, that yeah. women, I, I totally accept that women have been 
totally unfairly treated in terms of access to bigger roles and powerful roles and so forth. And maybe we just haven't seen <laughs> what they're capable of. Mm. I mean, I hate to reference the Holocaust, but, you know, obviously it's, there's a bit of family history here. But some of the worst behaviour mm. in the guard, by the guards, was women on women. Right. Um, and uh, according to somebody I know who's done a lot of research in this, it's because ugly women take it out on beautiful women at any opportunity because the world has become so unfair unless you're attractive. And that causes a woman-on-woman rivalry. So I think the, I think it's sometimes a bit unfair just to see this in terms of the way men behave towards women. Mm. I think women are not are not good to each other. In fact, there is a an analogy in the workplace, and I've seen this. You, you know, I want to hear about your workplace or you know employment type experience. But I, I've been there with two very brilliant, very talented women mm. preventing each other from advancing. And the analogy that I was always given is it's like two crabs in a in a bucket. As soon as one of them <laughs> makes some effort to get out, the other one will grab it and pull it back down. And, it, oh, no. and that's the uh, and I've seen it close up, but there, you know there may be many explanations for that. But you were saying you had seen women oh, not, yeah. not behaving well. Not that they weren't behaving well, but uh, on a particular production I was working on, most of the I uh, ads and. Uh, runners were female and it's not as easy to charm a lady as it is a man when you want to like find stuff out or you uh like just whatever's going on 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 set it's it is easier to be a bit sweeter to a guy and find out information or use your just, feminine charms yes but then yep. sometimes some women are just like shut it down they're just they there's a block and it's just like oh oh it would have been easier if that was a if that was a male like i could have got the answer to what i needed to know well you know the um, winston churchill apparently and there's lots of quotes attributed to oscar wilde and winston churchill in particular i think this one's true somebody turned to him at a dinner mm. And said, uh, "Do you know, Winston, that in 2021, I'm just inventing the date, okay. women will be in power?" Mm. And he said, "Still, yes." And yeah, and they always have been. <laughs> I think I've referenced Vikings. You know, the Amazon show, yes. and the women are so brutal, I mean, it, and it, they go and get what they want. There's this thing called soft power. You know, they, they, you, you hear about it in diplomatic and other terms you know that mm. you can turn up with the tanks you know obviously that's kind of a bit brutal but there's soft power which is influencing opinion and all of yeah. that and that's more you know we i think we discussed in a previous podcast that there's brawn you know naked raw power and brain yeah. which is intelligence and and i even just mentioned female charms you know women are the weaker sex and in your case that's not true but should we just do the arm wrestle now yeah yeah let's Come get on. This. Are, they, are they the weaker sex? oh it's over i won Fantastic. <laughs> Other hand on your head. Come on. What on earth are we actually doing we're, this? We're working out whether you're the weakest. My hand, people no, 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 Let's not have the... It's like on, a baby's in Daniel's. Okay. All right. Here All right. we go. Three, two, one. Oh, this is more even than I thought it was going to be. Oh, no. No. Oh, no, you let me... <laughs> <laughs> Anyhow, 
We're right. quite equal there. Oh, look, Jesse's come to save me. <laughs> it's all right, I'm not in danger. All right, well, that, that was a little inconclusive uh, to all our listeners. But, um, yeah, I think, it, you know, it's often said that um, the women are the weaker, you know, the female of the species, it's the weaker sex. And therefore, you've had to learn a whole series of skills for survival. I mean, I think we've always had these skills, but men think that they're the weaker sex, and then they impose that thought on the women and then somehow make them believe that is true. But then also, going back to the story of me on set, I think, this is sometimes the case, when a f- female's in charge, male, sorry, I need to get these gender terms right, but uh, they probably are trying to prove themselves not to be the weaker sex, to show that they can uh, take, take charge. Wearing the trousers. So then they up the ante a bit more from what the guys would if they were in They're that being position. even more male than male, yes. so to speak. Yeah, that's the, that's the traditional problem of any minority type approach is you have to be better than the majority or yeah. predominant culture. But you then know. you don't always have to do that in a harsh way. You can still no. be nice and open and sensitive. Keyword here is this is sensitive new age guys. But uh, yeah, so I think that's the case. So that's in a work atmosphere. But then how... Like sometimes, I know you've not dated for a long time, Daniel, but... Oh, I chat up women a lot. Okay. So, in the dating game, I mean, I don't date much, if any, at all, but sometimes you start get to get to talk to someone and then you're suddenly put off by a guy when they expect a lot. Like, you, they've not worked or, like... Done like the warm-up act, the charm, the the wooing. Yeah. They say, "Oh, send me a picture." You say no, or you send a picture of a picture or something like quite dumb, and then they get angry. Mm. Or they're like, "Oh no, you're so uptight. You're this. You're that." They start to. Yeah, there are a lot of male words, so you know, which I could think of. Am I allowed to say them? Yes, go for it. Prick tease, frigid. You know, there's a whole vocab that yeah. men use to break women's defences down mm. or make them think they're out of line with um, normal behaviour or something. And it's like where do they get this entitled mentality from and just to think that women should just give up everything and you know. So let's um, I think we've been like you know. what have they been, how have they been nurtured that way mm-hmm. like how yeah this is what we I think have. um I think you're right, you know, you, you have a expectations. I mean, there is the super um, uh, sycophantic woman. Is that the word I want? I don't know. Um, there, there's a type of woman who, who just thinks it's her job to please men. Mm. Um, it's not exactly the right term, but it'll do for now. Yeah. You know, who, that's what they think, you know, their whole being is about doing the thing that will please men. Yeah. I mean, I'd like to think that's over, but I mean, how that sort of woman grows up is uh, in, a, in a family situation is is interesting. You asked me about Hannah and how I worked with her, mm. knowing she was a girl from an early age. With three brothers. With three brothers. And, and the answer is that I, because of my fears about the place of women in the world, mm. invested more of my time in equipping Hannah for life. Right. Um, one of the funniest uh, stories about that was, I always used to say to Hannah, if there's something you don't like at school or wherever it is, you have to object the first time 
you see it or hear it. You know, if you think, oh, I'll just let that go, then the second time you kind of corrupted yourself, you know, because you had you didn't do it the first time. In fact, one of the things they was asking in court when you're a witness is, well, why didn't you do something the first time, you know? Yeah. So the answer is, do it the first time. Don't wait for, for there to be a second time. And she, she went through life telling me lots of stories about how she'd intervened the first time something had happened. And then mm. she... Um, she was. Uh, she used to go to the bus stop to get the four eight four, just around the corner from us. And she would see this girl, obviously of the Muslim faith, um, and they would just have a chat. They didn't go to the same school. They would just talk in the morning whilst waiting for the bus. And, <laughs> and this other girl said, to her, "You know, yeah, one my father, who's an imam, said, yeah, yeah, you know, um, you must always object the first time <laughs> you see something you don't like." So I just thought it was hilarious that me, you know, a Jewish dad mm. and her dad and Iman in the in the mosque you know have both given their daughters yeah. exactly the same advice to prepare them for life and it's to be strong to be equipped not, and then not, not to be the cowering little you know um tongue-tied yes. you know, person and how did he teach the boys to like treat their sister because I remember my well, mum would always tell my brothers guys like don't even so my I guess siblings are siblings they're going to argue they're going to do this they're going to do that but yeah okay maybe females are more connected to their emotions and mm. my mum like he must be nice to your sister you need to treat her like this and help her with that and just make sure that they are aware and of like emotions and behaviours of females did he say something of the sort to your boys no 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 I, I don't remember having given them any I, I the thing is that Hannah not only had three brothers hmm. but the entirety of the cousins right so another nine kids yes but also all male wow so when we got together at like a family barbecue or something Mm. She would think that the way you, you said hello to another member of the family was to get them in a half Nelson. Okay. Uh, <laughs> and so she she was, yeah, I mean, I, I love Hannah so much. I mean, she just had her birthday and and she's in Israel and I managed to find a company that sent her some beautiful wild flowers in Tel Aviv right. on a subscription model, actually. So yes. every month. She went, and that's what she wanted more than anything, some flowers. And I thought, that's nice. That is nice. And she's... She, she's at her sewing machine making beautiful clothes. That's and... very sweet. But we need to hone in on the issue here, Daniel. You did not prepare your boys. No. No, to I didn't. deal with You're right. females. And this is being highlighted a lot now, uh, saying, uh, I can't remember the line that they're using, but it's basically saying oh don't tell your daughters that they can't do this they can't do that but you need to tell your like educate boys from a young age how to treat women and support them and protect them and just encourage them yeah so yeah if this isn't being taught from a young age then later in life i'm not saying your boys are well of course awful people, you know you, then. When, you, when you say taught um sarah you know it's not like one lectures one's children, they, what do they look at? They look at the relationship yeah. I have with Jane. Right. As a model, or a good or a bad model, or a model they would change in their own lives. Yeah. Um, but nevertheless, a model of some description of how two people get along. Um, and, of course, that can poison their views or enhance their views, depending on 
what they think. Yeah. So I mean, you know, at no point did I sit down and and and, and say something corrective yeah. to the boys. I don't think it's done in a lecture, but it's just like. And Hannah needed no help dealing with the boys. Oh, okay. By the way, she is fearsome. I mean, she's scary. Yes. Of all of our children, she's the one I I fear. Ah. And she has the ability to make me feel terribly small and bad in a way that none of the others can do. It's not a criticism of them, but she is she is monstrously equipped for life. Yes. In fact, I, I often think she's a bit like a Jeremy Paxman type So she's figure. equipped for life. Are the boys equipped for life? Yes. So, well, I mean, I did say that I put more emphasis on Hannah because yes. of, I needed in my view to help her more because mm. of the world she was facing that she didn't yet know did you feel that you were equipped for life as a child yes no i had a very narrow upbringing with a massive focus on academic achievement and you know sort of professional type career <clears throat> no art no music no sport really oh or very little of any of those right so that's probably what triggers you when I say Daniel you must do some exercise before we go on air and you must do some stretching and sort you your breathing it doesn't remind me of my mother <laughs> oh dear yeah yeah so um what about the other way round though what's about the other way round I mean you can't just educate the one gender to behave well towards the other I mean it's oh, got to, yes. you've, got to, you've got to work on both ends of this yeah no, most definitely but I think the issue at the moment is the males that are failing at being a good human really yeah. okay so I mean, your <clears throat> your proposition is that men are entitled they've grown up with assumptions about women Hashtag not all men, <laughs> which um, is terrible, but yeah. I mean, but do you notice a change in the generations then? Because I guess this was one of the reasons for talking about this. I'm old school. Mm -hmm. I grew up in the 60s and 70s. Um, what do you see about the modern generation of, of young men? Are they showing different signs? Being more inclusive, more sympathetic, more understanding, more interested? I think those who have got sisters in my experience, are more like in tune with the opposite sex that they encounter outside their family. What do you think about single sex education as well? I mean, that's another issue, isn't it? Oh, I as opposed to co-ed. Yeah. I mean, so you could have a, a, a family situation which is primarily, you know, as I said, very heavy mm. on the testosterone. Then you go to a single sex school and um, maybe even a single, you know, used to be a single sex university yeah. or college. I mean, the college I was at at Cambridge went co-ed in the third year I was there. And there was this incredible debate in the college between the tutors and they were taking up two sides. You know, mm. it was interesting to observe. Can I talk about that? Yeah. Um, so there was one group of tutors that thought we had to reflect the real world. You know, I mean, that was what was going on. And, um, and there was another group that thought we weren't a gin palace. Did <laughs> what that expression right. meant with reference to women but I think they felt that as soon as women came along men would start preening and competing and you even mentioned earlier that well, we, we agreed that men behave differently when women are around yes um, and so there was a view that that wasn't good for academic achievement mm. now here's the thing my college when I was there 
um, not because I was there, but it was nothing special academically. You know, in the, in the league tables at Cambridge, nothing special. Since they've admitted women, it has been top of the league tables in so many years, ah. including the number of students they get on what they call a JFK scholarship. There are so only six it every year. Healthy competition. Also, the rowing team, the girls. Are better than the boys. Unbelievable, yes. So, I mean, the, the effect of women in joining my college mm. was huge. Yeah. Um, and so all that debate about what it was for and, you know, not benefiting academic performance just was absolute bollocks. Mm. Um, and I think there's still this massive residue in, in, in Britain of, um, even in the school that the kids went to, Haberdashers, you know, has single-sex education, whereas it has a co-ed site. So you sort of see girls or boys, oh. uh, as the case may be, but you're not put into a class with them other than in the sixth form. Really? Still because of this belief that, you know, they're not good for each other. Oh, they're I didn't realise that that school was like that. Yeah. Well, the term, and then, you know, the more private the school is, the more likely it is to be single sex education. Mm. Um, so, yeah, well, how is that preparing you for life? I don't think it is. No. And then I guess that's when some men in charge of companies, businesses or whatever think that women aren't up for the job because they've been used to working with men in their classrooms and yep. they don't understand how women have had the same education, are capable of doing the same things and could probably do their job ten times better carrying I mean, three children and I can, cooking I can still a, remember a roast the... dinner at the same time. Yeah. Yeah, I just remember the first time I was listening. I used to travel a hell of a lot, and um, I can still remember the first time I was in a, I think, a BA flight, and the pilot came on to do the usual thirty thousand feet, and it was a lady, and it was great, you know. But it was, it was a kind of wow. Yeah, know, isn't I that used good? to get that response when I'd see uh, female bus drivers, and they still got all like they've done their makeup nicely, they're looking so good, and I'm like, yes. I'm coming on your bus. Like you look great, and it's just nice to see a woman in a in yeah. a position like I that. I think I think the women are coming through more and more. Um, it takes time because yeah. of the generational impact. Mm. So I'm, something I know about is the legal profession. Do you? Yeah. Well, I mean, because I. <laughs> Sorry, I missed I missed the, the, the ironic humour there, um, and um, I think more. Uh, of the legal profession is is represented by women now than men, but it will take time until they get you know all the way through to the judges. I think the head of the Supreme Court, Lady Hale, mm. is well, you know, by definition, <laughs> a woman at the very most senior judge in the country. In other words, and we have had female prime ministers and yeah. whatever. So you know, in a way, it's not distributed very well. Um, and I think Margaret Thatcher as a female prime minister has excites very strong opinions you know mm. but she certainly broke up the old boys club which is how i would characterize the politics prior to her. She, she came from another world you know she was the grocer's daughter from grantham also where isaac newton came from by the way grantham so, yeah yeah oh, um i was actually asked that question uh, at a stand-up comedy performance so, um the question was well, they had mentioned Margaret Thatcher and they said, who else comes from Grantham? I said, Isaac Newton. And, you know, after that, I was ridiculed for the next half hour. <laughs> <clears throat> we should be careful saying anything in stand-up comedy. Oh, yeah. Um, 
but um, yeah, you know, and she wasn't from that world. She wasn't from that clubby atmosphere. Mm. And with all the, um, you know, appointments being made by people that knew each other because they went to the right school and she broke up that party massively for the better. I mean, I, I know a lot of people don't like her because she also destroyed communities. Yeah. And, uh, and didn't have a very strong empathetic, empathetic, uh, is that a word? can't even speak today. It's okay, I can't speak <laughs> most days. <laughs> you know, she certainly wasn't somebody who sympathised with anyone. She thought it was all about hard-nosed economics, mm. and, you know, taking the tough decisions and yes. handbagging you. You know, she was she was quite brutal. Yeah. And she was a lady. But then, yes. like you said, maybe it had to be more female than the men. You know, more male-female than the men, Just whatever that means. consciously aware of her surroundings, her emotions she and was, things and... she was very feminine she had her hair done she looked the part yeah I mean men need to turn up look in the part hair done nice suits don't just expect it to be the women that need to look good all the time scrub up guys yeah but then women get commented on for their appearance don't they in so ways do that men, men... Well, do they? Oh, yes. that's good. Well, that's a change for the better. Yes, you know what to look for in a man. Check out his shoes first, and if they're <laughs> scruffy and no good, then you're, you're keep saying that walking. because of what I said about my shoes, aren't you? I forgot what you said about your mm, shoes. The shoes that don't need polishing. <laughs> but no, like it can't just be expected for women to look good all the time, and then you turn up. This is date situation. You've made an effort. Someone just rocks up in their dirty tea, unwashed hair manky teeth and you're like hmm put in the same method now look I'm going to say something incredibly revealing here okay and I don't really know whether I should say it oh but I want you to respond in like manner if, if I'm brave enough to say this go on Daniel will you, be, will you respond I will ridicule okay, if you so, if I need I mean, to here's a brutal admission <gasps> all women yes I look at uh huh I divide into two groups right those that I can imagine myself in bed with mm. and those I can't Oh, wow. And that probably <laughs> um, has some influence on how I then behave. Okay. You know, kind of, you know, this is Darwin stuff, really. This is mm. natural selection. This is, you know, ensuring the survival of the species. Right. All that sort of stuff. Now, does it work like that for women? Looking for at some men. people, yes. Like, as soon as they go into a bar, they're checking out the talent Yeah, there. if you go into a bar, you're going there for that reason. But even wherever, like, okay, bars are commonplace. But if you're even, like, out at the park or popping in for coffee, mm. if someone catches your eye, some women think, oh, yeah, I want yeah. a piece <clears> of that. But Mary Mary Baird, you know, the professor. Right. Do you know who I mean? No. She, she She deliberately makes a virtue of having long, greyish hair. Mm. And I was reading an article she wrote about witches, Okay. Because oh, yeah, you've told us this. <clears throat> Have I? Yeah, carry on, though. Well, I mean, women are no longer of childbearing age mm. and um, and old and a bit haggard and maybe with grey hair. And men tend to think of them as witches. You know, they, they demonise them, in other yeah. words. So this is playing to my admission, and it was a sort of half-jocular admission, but there's always some truth to it but some that, people don't have a high sex drive Daniel so if they won't go in and be like oh yeah I really want no, to but you don't, you don't, like, no, you don't do anything about it yes I know but still you, you just have a view yes but if people don't have a high sex drive and think that way then they have to look at something else maybe they'll have more of a conversation and get to know them that way or but this is you're asking do people do women look at men and automatically think that but you I see, I, I know from my professional world mm. that that when you were pitching for business, 
Right. You would often bring in an attractive female. Okay. To the team because the other the guys that would choose whichever advisor worked with them, they'd know that for the next three months they'd have a chance to sit opposite a beautiful woman, mm. which obviously exercises some sort of interest for very shallow men with yes. you know, fragile egos. And then also... Like me. Not everyone... <laughs> I'm glad you can admit it. Not everyone looks their best the whole time. So if you're shunning someone out because they didn't look good on that particular day, you might see them two months down the line in their doled up everything going to the opera or wherever you thought oh I thought she was actually but ugly like a couple of months ago but she's actually a beautiful swan mm. so yeah it's just yes. you can't you can't cut people out or not give them an opportunity just because the first appearance you need to get to know them um, but you're saying we're going to bring the show to an mm. end soon oh do you want to say more? Well, you, you tell me. Tell me I mean, where we you're can going. do another no, no, tell, thing. No, no, tell me where you're going. So, sensitive new age guys. It's not guys that also, that just need uh, to know how to relate to the opposite sex. Women also need to be aware of that. So, as you say, if you're going to mix school, some I mean, single sex schools, some girls probably have all sisters back at home and don't know how to behave around boys. Yep. Or some girls have had brothers at home. They don't really know how to behave around the same sex as them so having this interaction with opposite sex same sex different backgrounds different ages helps everyone in the long run share experiences you know gain knowledge and just find out who people are as people and become empathic to each other yeah and then hopefully the world will be a better place and there'll be less uh, misogynists, chauvinistics, yeah, all of that. <laughs> Food for thought. Hey ho, who knows? Maybe I should not choose the subject matters. No, no, it's, it's been, it back you know, you. you've got me to say things I never thought I would okay. um, in the interests of exploring the subject, honestly, which mm. I think is what we have to do. Yes. And, um, and we all start off with quite a lot of baggage. Mm given you know as you say family circumstances schooling and very hard to unpick it afterwards yeah um how you make how you make um, people understand this better at an early age i don't know i mean when you think about all the other training we get the civics as they call them you know to make them better citizens um it's interesting that that is not something that really gets discussed very much i think the most that they're doing these days is making sure men understand about menstruation in a more sympathetic manner you know yeah um, I mean they should know about that as well but well, uh, it's just basic science and it's mm. good to understand the psychology of what goes on through that period but uh, yeah back to you well so I think there's a vast amount to be improved. You know, the, the law does its bit. It, mm. it creates um, equality in, around certain measures like the same job. Yeah. And you can't discriminate on, on grounds of sex and all the other grounds, race, mm. etc. But that doesn't really... You know, we talked uh, on, on another podcast about how a lot of the things that go on in life are conventions like queuing. No one ever is going to bring in a law that says you have to queue. Well, I hope not. Anyway, not mm -hmm. in the country I want to live in. So so many things that influence us are conventions, cost, 
um, customs, um, you know, habits, and, and so forth, and, and the culture, finally. The culture. And culture is incredibly difficult to change mm. um, because it's handed down generation to generation. So the experience you have in a family mm. is what you're going to take away. It's quite hard to break free of that. That's why, on average, somebody brought up in a French house or a German house or a British house or an American house is going to be quite a different person yes. um, because of the culture. Mm. <clears throat> so how you influence culture, you know, that's, that's one of the biggest... Uh, one of the biggest issues, um, and I think it's very important that women understand that they, you know, they don't have a natural role in the family situation. They don't have to be the homemaker. They don't have to be the child carer. Yeah. And that there can be some debate about that. Yeah. Otherwise, women become all the other things that they're encouraged to be, plus the carer, the homemaker. Yeah. And doing all those things, and I'm just going to finish on one thing, if I may. Yes. Because I'm, my wife hasn't had to work for money. Um, we have four children, all within a short um, period of time. They all, I think, we had four under five at one stage, and um, and she had a terrible time um, when we were at that going through that period of life from other women. And we'd go to a dinner party, and what do you do? And they were all trying to juggle this new adventure of job and career and homemaking and all of that and feeling that that was really important you know they were working for Grand Met or mm. deciding on the brand name for the latest ice cream as if that really mattered and, and Jane you know would say well I'm a full-time mother or whatever yeah. and they would just ignore her mm. and call it home manager yeah maybe you need a better title and uh, so I, I think that um, this isn't only between the sexes, this is within oh, yes. the sexes. Yes. I think there needs to be much more recognition of the power uh, of a good homemaker mm. for a start. And um, the, it's a huge job. It's a massive job to get that right, preparing kids for, for life. And you can do it really well, you can do it not so well. But I think the idea, the automatic assumption that you have to have some fancy career to be achieved mm. It should be absolutely within the grasp of any woman that wants it, but she shouldn't be made to feel bad. And I think there are even plenty of examples these days of the dads being the lower earner oh, and yeah. taking the home role and the woman mm. being the, the main breadwinner. And I think that's absolutely fine. In fact, yeah. I would have loved <laughs> in some ways to have been relieved of all that stuff. Okay. Um, so I, I think that when we get a more balanced discussion around all of that, Mm. with people really being able to do what they want and being recognised and, and uh, achieved in whatever role they perform. I think then we would have made massive progress in allowing people to really do what they want with their lives. So that's my little final parting comment, Sarah. Thank you very much, Daniel. And thank you all for listening to us today. This has been Homespun Wisdom Talks With My Neighbour. Ciao for now. Bye. <laughs>